Hey everyone, we are back. This week, we are sharing a conversation I had with Chat. Chat is a big time Senegalese activist, rapper, and co-founder of Yanama. Yanama is an organization that has been at the forefront of social movements in Senegal for years. This conversation is coming in the wake of the recent protests in Senegal. Last month, incumbent president Macky Sall had his security forces arrest opposition leader Osman Sonko after peddling a false rape charge. Protests have broken out across the country and it's gotten pretty violent. At least 14 demonstrators have been killed. A quick note before we start. Chat will be mentioning France EFA, which is a colonial currency used by some countries in West and Central Africa. In English, we call it the CFA franc. And we will also be mentioning ECHO, which is a newly proposed currency in the region. Here's our show. Thank you so much, Chad, for, for sitting down with us. Uh, we're really excited to talk to you. I'm wondering if you could just start off by introducing yourself. Yes. Um, my name is Chad, and I'm a, a hip-hop artist, member of a group called Kurgi. Kurgi, a group that I share with Kilifer. We created our, our band since 1996. We were like 15 years old at that time. We are still the first and the only African hip-hop band who was censored by a government. We went to jail 11 times. The first time was 1997, like one year after we created the band. We were still teenagers because we were like talking about the situation in our hometown, which is Kaolak, not Dakar. And then the mayor of the city sent us to jail. We spent a week in jail that time. We were 16 years old and it was like, let's say the starting point of our career. And then in 2011, we were sitting in a room. There was no electricity and I was there complaining, complaining, complaining. And then Farrell said, hey, Chad, you have to stop complaining. You call yourself, you claim yourself an activist, a revolutionary, but actually what you are doing is just slacktivism because you only talk in the studio or in a song or in an interview, but what else are you doing? You have to do much more than just talking about it. And then I said, yes, Fadel, you, you are a journalist. You are writing um, every day on the newspapers, but nobody is reading you because we are in a country that maybe 60% are non-educated. Non so what you're doing is not even having an impact. So, and then we were back and forth, back and forth, arguing. And then at the end we said, hey, we both right. We both right. What we should do now? You are a journalist. We are rappers. We, we, we talk about the issues of the country, but is it enough to just talking about it? We should do more. But what? We can't create a political party because people are fed up of political parties. We should find something that we can crystallize the hunger and the frustration of everybody. So, and then we started the brainstorming, like certain names in Wolof, other names also in French. We ended up saying, hey, Yanama. And then once we say Yanama, it clicked on our mind. And then we say, that's definitely Yanama. For our, for our English listeners, uh, Yanama means there's been enough or we've had enough. Yanama, why? Because it's high time. We have to stop what's going on in this country to, to move forward the country. We decide now to dedicate ourselves to our country. We're going to do what we call the individual suicide for the collective resurrection. Like, mm. give myself 
for my country, raising the awareness, pushing young young people to take their, their responsibility and try to change things, not just through the institutions, but, but from outside, because we think that the biggest institution is the people. So we ended up launching the movement in the street, which is very representative because most of the people in Myanmar are hip-hop artists, journalists, mm. students, yeah. you know, regular workers. So it made, it made really sense to launch that movement in the street. We launched also different campaigns talking about going and getting your voting card and register for the election. We also launched uh, Dogali, means to finish up with Abdullah Wad after the election. Yeah, if you could tell us more about the kind of social and political discontent that you were you were speaking about before you formed your your activism group and what kick-started that what what need was there that uh that brought you guys to to co-found this um in 1987 yes my mother came home and went straight to her room which is not usual so normally when she came home, she always brought like chocolate or candies or ice creams or whatever to my sister and I. And I went and I found my, my mother lay on her bed, on the bed, on her back, and I, looking at the, at the roof. And I said, hey, mother, what's going on? She said to me, Blaze killed Thomas. I said, who are those guys? She, she said, go get your exercise book. At that time, on top of the exercise book, on the cover, we used to have an African map. And then she showed me a country called, used to be called Port Volta and now Burkina Faso and mm. explained me the history of Thomas Sankara and Blaise Kampawere and say, Yo, you know, Blaise Kampawere killed Thomas Sankara and then there was French people who ordered it. You know, there was militaries coming through Ivory Coast because Thomas Sankara did a speech at UN. He was talking about the African debt, blah, blah, blah. That was so fascinating for me. And then the next day, I was in hurry to talk about it in classroom. So I raised my hand and I said, ask the teacher, oh, so teacher, do you know that place killed Toma? And the teacher said, uh, come on, chat, come in the front and explain us. So I went at the front to explain the story of Toma and Blaise. And then everybody was really into it. Even the girl that I was interested in, so I kind of like, wow, this is interesting. And I liked it. And I came home again and I asked my mother to tell me some more stories. And then she explained me about what called apartheid, that there was a guy called Mandela. He's in jail right. since over, over 20 years, blah, 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 blah. And I went back to school, the same thing. That's how we grown up. We grown up in a very political environment. Our crew is a very political crew in terms of the lyrics that we are, we are, we are, we are making. Talking about the social context, the economic context, the political context is very important because rappers, for me, are journalists, but mm. these journalists, certain journalists are writing, but we are talking. Hip hop is kind of like a vehicle of a message. And then we are using that vehicle to deliver the message of hope, of course, but also to tell the story of our daily life. So whatever political issue is, we have the responsibility to talk about it. That's why Senegalese hip hop is totally different than everywhere else. In Senegal, to, for people to respect you, you need to have a conscious lyrics, the truth, the daily life of Senegalese in your lyrics. Yeah. And and what kind of political issues have you been talking about, you know, then and now? Yeah, always, always what's going on in the country. For example, um, since our first album, we always talk about the relationship in between Senegal and France. 
Mm. We talk about the relationship in between France and the ex-French colonies. Yeah. So how France is still abusing those colonies, how France is still having military camps in those colonies, how France is still involved in the political issues. Like sometimes even France is involved in coup d'etat in Africa. Yeah. France is involved in putting some people under power, uh, you know, uh, faking the election to put their men on the, in, in, in each, this country or that country, even doing a military intervention in certain countries. The, the type of currency that we are using called the CFA, which is an, um, a colonial currency that we have to finish with. The language that we are using officially, which is yeah. which belongs to, to France as well. French companies are here. They have like multinationals also here. They own a lot of things. They own, for example, just Senegal. They own telecommunication. They own the port. They own everything. We have signed like with EU certain contracts, which is not giving Senegalese industry to grow, but only yeah. for the French interest. Those kind of issues, we are talking about it every day. But also we are talking about the, in the African level, how we imagine the Pan-Africanism, how we want to imagine the African United States, how Africa could move forward, could grow, could could, could be independent, could be free. We also talk about Senegal itself, how Macky Sall actually, he, which is the, the actual president, how he's abusing us, why he's not keeping his promises, why the politics are like this, what means democracy for us, how we can make the democracy stronger, why we have to be watchdog of our democracy, how the, 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 the non-education of the majority of the youth is impacting in the in the in the mentality of the Senegalese, those kind of stuff is are the issue that we always address. Absolutely, I understand that that relationship with France is playing a huge role uh, in terms of the kind of current political uh, situation in Senegal. And I'm wondering if you can explain what's what's been happening just in the last month and a half or so. Yeah, well, well, I mean, what's going on is like there is one of the 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 main guy of the opposition in Senegal called Usman Sonko. Um, we woke up, we woke up a day and then there was a girl who accused him and said that he was ripping her. And then we were all shocked. And then because Usman Sonko is like the image of that guy with certain values, yeah. certain, uh, qualities of just not even a politician, but a, as a human being, we always thought that he's like a kind of rule model in in terms of his speeches and then the way that he's acting. So waking up a day seeing that he's involved in a rip was like was like really a shock for us. So and then um, Yanamar decided to not act or react about it because it's like in between two Senegalese, a man and a girl, a girl accusing somebody that he ripped uh, that he ripped her, which is really awful if it's true so we we were like observing but what's happened is that during the observation we realized that Makisal and his government they set up this action they are using our police to put Usman Sonko in a in a like a surveillance they didn't use the process right using our laws to take out his uh parliament immunity and send him to jail and stuff like that and then we decide to to say hey well, Maki should stop doing this. 
Of course, we want this situation to be clarified. But why Maki is using all this machine to just kick out uh, an a guy from the opposition like he already did with Karim Wad, which was the son of Abdullah Wad, Maxal put him to jail, and then now he's in exile, like what he did with Halifa Sal, which was another politician who was very huge and very big. And then we realized that Maki is using our justice to finish the political career of the opposition. So, and then we said, no, we won't let this happen. At the same time that we, we demand that the truth comes out, but at the same time also we won't let Maki use or instrumentalize our justice just to kick out one of his uh, challenger. And then out of that, there are so many protests and people was burning French companies' interests. We have 14 people who died. So, yes, Senegal was living one of the darkest days in our history, yes. So, so it sounds like the current president has a history of jailing his opposition and engaging in undemocratic practices. Were there other reasons why he lost the popular support and he felt the need to, to jail his opposition, that that was a threat? I understand, too, that Sanko was... Uh, incredibly popular, especially among among youth. Uh, so, what had what had kind of led to that that tension between these two political figures? I mean, I think uh, you know why Sonko is popular. It's because, I mean, Sonko is not the best politician, like politician doing politics. He's not the best because his yeah. speech is not political. His speech is very close to activism, and it's like somehow populism in certain ways. But why yeah. Sonko is so popular is because Sonko is um, using the, the feeling of the anti-France that the youth of Africa are having now. That's why Sonko is huge. Because he's the one saying, oh, we need to stop the babysitting. France, you need to stop. I will get out of the France AFR. I will, I will renegotiate all the contract with France. I will renegotiate all the contract with EU or with US or with that. So, in a, in a way, it brings us and bring the youth the pride and the hope that they have finally, possibly, the independence that we are still dreaming about, that because we, we are not independent in, so, in somehow. And on the other side, we have Makisal, which is the symbol of France Afrique, actually. Makisal and Ouattara, those two. Ouattara is the president of Ivory Coast. Those two are symbolizing France in Africa with whatever actions they are doing, letting Macron manipulating them. Yeah. They are puppets of France. They are toys of Macron in somehow. Makisali even say once, France CFA is the best currency for Africa because it's stable. Can you imagine? So it's like a duality in between one young guy with a fresh ideas, hope, agreeing with the majority of the youth of the continent and one another young guy but puppet of france yeah absolutely i mean it's interesting how this election has embodied the the relationship between senegal and and the bigger you know colonial power um I, i'm wondering just offhand 
Is there anything that Makisal is getting out of this relationship, out of his puppetry? Or is it just that is where his allegiances lie? Like, is, is, is he receiving any financial support from France in his political career? A lot. A lot. And then even Makisal is doing worse than Abdullah in terms of, like, involving his own uh, family in His brother is the one who's who steal our, our, our oil. His uh, brother-in-law is in charge of three-quarters of the budget, three-quarters of the national budget. And then half of the minister of Maki are billionaires now. There, there are so many investigations made, uh, criminalized them, showing them how they are corrupt. At the same time, he's jailing anybody in the opposition or anybody who didn't who don't want to join his political party for less than that. We even had one man member of the parliament with three billion of fake currency, fake money, euro, fake euro, three billion. That guy is, is free. We have another guy of his own political party also who asked the youth of his region to take um, knives and kill anybody who is against their, against the third candidacy of Makisan. Can you imagine all of that? Maki is doing it. So we are so fed up of him. You spoke about uh, the youth are supporting Sanko, especially, and I'm wondering if you can speak about, you know, youth activism. What I've heard is that Senegal has a very kind of strong and present uh, civil society and, and youth activism is, is a big thing. Is that true? You know, are they are they respected in the political arena? Or do, you know, kind of elite or adult voices listen to the youth? Or um, does it feel more like a grassroots dynamic? Civil society is super strong in Senegal. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, civil society organizations, we have like different type of it. And, uh, and I think it's very iconoclast. It's very, 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 very uh, uh, authentic to Senegal. We have the classic civil society, those guys who study a lot, who's writing books, you, you know, with tie and suit. We have the civil society really close to the to, to the people because they're from scratch they're from the grassroots because they are artists they are hip-hop artists they are just regular people living in the neighborhood and then you know raising their own leadership and then trying to to change something in their country so which is super 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 common now so the majority of that civil society think pan-african mm. all of them yeah. somehow yeah. all of them so when once there is a leader who think also pan-african in somehow he capitalized the the philosophy of the majority of the civil society yeah the majority of the civil society is very young and they they really african they think global and then because of that Sonko is very close to that type of civil society but on the other hand the civil society with science suit is very close to Mati. So it's still the same duality that you can see. So they are super involved in what's going on. I can say that since Makisal is on power, apart from Sonko, only the civil society is playing the role of the opposition because we are organizing. Like if there was 10 protests, 9 out of 10 was organized by civil society organization instead of or, or the, the opposition. So that is a fact, yeah. 
Fantastic. Yeah. I'm wondering if you can talk more about the protests that have been going on this month and what that's been looking like, how you personally are, are engaging in those protests. Um, I know that they've turned violent and I'm wondering if you can talk about, you know, police brutality, which I know is a problem um, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the protest was like very, 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 very tense and very brutal. The youth was super determined. You know, when you have uh, a determination of the people who are protesting and you have a milice, like because Macky Sall, like all the dictator, created his own police, which is not the national police. Hmm. And those guys was the ones who had the weapons and then those was the guy who was brutalizing people in the street. Wow. And they're using live ammunition, right? Like they're actually firing on on. People. Yeah, they were firing, but with 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 with, with fake bullets, like rubber, rubber, rubber bullets. Yeah, rubber bullets. So that's what they were using mostly. Okay. And myself, I can't talk much because I was already in jail the first day of the protest. Really? Yes, I was arrested brutally. Really, they hit me up so bad. Like that's why my face is swollen. So I have like marks everybody everywhere on my body, and yes, they hit me so bad because I didn't let them do also this time. I never, I didn't let them do, and so I was in jail. So I can't tell properly what was happening outside. But when I get out and see the image on internet, so I realized that it was very tense. Yeah. Can I ask you what you were jailed for? For uh, protesting. Because yeah. I called for Myanmar called people to go in the street on the fifth of uh, March, mm-hmm. so that was the big the, the, the big day of the protest, the fifth of March. Yeah. So in terms of the protest, the demographics is it most you know primarily youth? Is it does it feel like the whole country is out in the streets fighting, or um, how is that broken down? Or are there people who are too afraid to to understandably so too afraid to join the crowds? Let's say that the attitude of the regular police uh, makes more people coming out than usually. Mm-hmm. Normally, uh, there are certain people I know they would never go out to protest because the regular police was not beating up people. They was not. They was just throwing, uh, shooting tear gas, but they was not brutal. And then the the the, the nicest thing. I mean, as a, my point of view as a protester was that it was not just happening in Dakar. It was happening all over the country and even in the diaspora. Right. The police couldn't contain the whole protest in somehow because it was it was all over the in all over the country and also outside of the country. So Maki couldn't control the protest in somehow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Maki Sal was was. Uh helped into power through his own kind of popular movement. What happened to, to him as a political figure? Because, you know, how, how did he lose the public sentiment? Was it just the kind of pro-France um, political stance or did he did, did his values deteriorate, you know, visibly? I mean, you have to know that Maki was elected by accident in Zomar. Oh, okay. Yes, that's the truth. Because Abdullah was, was was running for a third candidacy, for a third term. So right. people voted against Abdullah, not for Makisan. But we we always knew that he would not be uh, like the best president. But we had hope in certain things. We thought that he would break the the, the, the you know the relationship with France at least readjust at least um, make a balance in between the relationship 
uh, with uh, Senegal and France, we had hope about it. We had hope that he would let the institutions separate, like the the justice would, would be free and independent, and then the, the, the National Assembly would do their job. But that's the first part where he failed. Socially, also, he failed. In terms of infrastructure, yes, I can't deny he's doing a lot. But economically, he didn't grow in or change the country. That's the, that's the problem. He's always talking about GEP. For us, GEP is just a word. We don't, we don't see it in, in, in reality. Yeah, and I'm sure the GDP includes most of the French companies that are, you know, so it's not... Exactly, yeah, exactly. The protests that are going on today. Do you think that this is going to have a different outcome in terms of the presidential election? Yes, for sure, for sure. It was like a kind of warning for Matisal for, for, to not run for third candidacy. Yeah. It's still on the table. We don't know yet what he's, what he's going to do. It was part of the, his promises. But Maggie, you know, he promised that he would, do, he would do five years instead of seven, which was not true. He lied. He don't want to talk about third candidacy. He always say, I can't talk about election of 2024 because we are in 2021. I have a job to do. But we all know that that's just an excuse. And if right. you look at the region, Ivory Coast, Watara is doing now his, his third term. Alpha Conde is doing his third term. Mali is unstable because third candidacy issues. So we don't want Senegal to go through chaos like that. Yeah. At least Maki has his warning about if he ever wanna do a third term. So of course, definitely this protest will, will impact forever in the political aspect in Senegal. And and where do they stand now? Are people gonna does it feel like you've almost one, if that's possible, are, are the protests going to end soon? What's the next step, I guess, is what I'm asking. Yeah, I mean, uh, we were supposed to protest again last Friday, but we did not, we didn't do it because the Marabu, the religious guide with the church, asked us to stop the protests for two reasons. Mm-hmm. First reason, uh, they say, okay, what are your demands? I can negotiate with Machisal for you to get the demand. Oh. And second of all, there are so many people who died. We don't want that anymore. 14 people is yeah. too much in our country. And we think that Maki also knows now that he will not uh, succeed. So we all know that that was Maki underneath talking to them for them to ask us to stop. So what was going to happen? If we didn't listen, we would have the public opinion against us because we always criticize Maki for not listening to the religious guide or to the church mm. like for example when he's he's trying to put in jail one of the opposition member the church or the the, the brotherhood religious organization always say maki for the peace of the country stop this because and then he never listened so we didn't want the public opinion against us in that situation we wanted to be super clear but we were very firm in terms of our demand because the demand, the first point was the, all the political prisoners to be released. So it's on process. They will all be free on Monday. The second thing was a full investigation about who killed those 14 people to know who, who are the responsible of the Maki's police. Mm. We want them to be identified and put to jail. Another step that we are demanding is um, we want that the interior of minister and uh, the prefect, the prefect is the one who is uh, handling the police and the security stuff in the, in the city. 
So we want that guy also to leave office. We want Maki to kick all of them out of office. So those demands are on the table. And then we know that it's on process. And we had some kind of guarantee from the religious guides. And then the biggest demand also is Maki to talk about the third candidacy if he will not go. Yeah. So these are the points. Yeah. So I have a few questions. The the demand about, you know, these people being fired, is that because of the way that the protests, these particular protests were handled or was that, you know, a long time coming? And also, when do you hear back about these demands? Do you have like an understanding of a timeline or is it kind of whenever you hear back, you hear back? Exactly. So for the demand of those by to dismiss, to get off, to leave office and stuff like that, we have and the investigation to know who's who are those guys who killed these kids. Mm -hmm. We want Maki to, to 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 organize an open commission with member of the civil society. First, that commission will take care of um, like when the compensation. Oh, compensation, yeah. Yes. So we want a commission to handle this from for the family of all the people who was killed. Right. Of course, if we don't have any issue or if, if we don't have any result from now to the end of april the protest will go on again for sure right. i'm not saying that it's the official deadline but we think that one month after everything is enough time yeah yeah absolutely at a personal level what kind of considerations do you have to to make when when protesting what does that look like very dangerous you know you don't have any security stuff around you 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 face many danger if the danger can come from the crowd the danger can come from somebody shoot you or throw a stone on your head or whatever from both sides it's dangerous so you don't have any protection no no, no. it's just it's super risky i mean from the experience that i have it's super important for the democracy of the country and from the jail, the, the the opinion I have about it is super great. Why? Because I was in jail with 16 other guys. And those 16 other guys was, the, the older one was uh, uh, 24 years old. And you know what did they say to me? They said to me, chat, you know, when you were doing in 2011 your protest, we were 18 years, we were 8 years old, 9 years old, 10 years old. You were kind of like like our reference, our rule model. So now you can you can go and just have a rest and take a, take your time because yeah. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do the fight, which gives me a lot of hope and a lot of faith in the in terms of the the future of the country. My next question is kind of shifting gears here um, and looking more pan Africanism. Um, what what are your kind of personal ideals, aspirations for African unity? My dream about pan Africanism is just first that first we change the name we don't say pan-africanism but we use a, an african word yeah because we can't talk about pan-africanism and use a word which is not any african languages farafina muso in mandang or in swahili a word meaning uh, united because when you when you say pan-africanism my grandmother my aunt my uncle one of my cousins in certain villages, they don't know what that means. Yeah. And then you can't unite people with the institutions. No. United have to happen from the grassroots. People yeah. are the one who want the ones who wants to be or to live together as a one nation. Make it happen from the grassroots to the elite. But not just the elite right. without including the real the real 
concern of people on the grass. Right. The free circulation. It's easier for me to go to New York than to go to Addis Ababa or to go to Moravia or Libreville. I can't imagine still we have borders. I can't imagine Senegal and Gambia are two different countries, those kind of stuff. Even though we speak the same language, we have the same culture, the same food. The only difference is when one step they speak English, one step they put, they put in, they, they speak French. So this is the, the colonizer desire. We have to get rid of those certain things. And I think yeah. only when the, when we have the, 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 the population joining this, this spirit of being one nation is possible to do the Pan-Africanism. But for that, the population need to understand the meaning of Pan-Africanism and that it can't be from another language. Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that because uh, at least personally, you know, I've only come in across um, this concept of Pan-Africanism through a classroom and, and it's very much a kind of um, esoteric and, and um, pedagogical kind of understanding that's definitely problematic and also represents kind of westernization of something that shouldn't be be that i think africa could be the biggest continent and the strongest the first one economically because for me if we would do the pan-africanism the way i think we we will include the diaspora yeah it will be geographically the virtual surface of of africa but we need them to 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 impact in the in the reality on the ground here we would have a general assembly national assembly with the diaspora involved we would have the the youth parliament does the existing african union play into that for you at all or are you talking more of a no they've been talking yeah. about it since since i was born in the institutional way because you know kwame kruma was the one who talked about pan-africanism but kwame kruma was talking about pan-africanism but they 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 People change his speech. They turn it to a institutionalizing, having a flag and an anthem and representing region after region and stuff like that. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. That is like European. It's like EU. My dream is tomorrow, if you was one, two pounds of, of peanuts, Americans have to speak Swahili to get it. When friends want uranium or petrol, they speak Swahili or Mandang to have it. Right. And then we, we negotiate with our own currency, not see, not dollar, not euro, not yen, but we, we with our Afro, Afro or Afriki, the currency of Africa. So that's my dream. But I, now I know it's possible, but it's possible only when people understand what means Pan-Africanism. And I, I know that the West African states have proposed uh, the introduction of a, a kind of new currency. Are there other kind of signs that that these changes are going to be happening in the near future? Yes, ECHO is uh, very interesting and fascinating also. Because I think France, knowing that there is a sentiment, a feeling of anti-France growing in Africa, want to bounce on the idea of the next currency to, 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 to still have years ahead on us. So they want to anticipate the future of Africa. Because Everybody knows that without the ex-colonies, France can't move nowhere. Everybody knows that the position of France in the EU is because of African ex-colonies. It's because of France AFA, the uranium from Mali, the, 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 for, and Niger and Chad. But the interesting thing is in the echo is if Nigeria and Ghana join the currency, that will mean that France has no power anymore. 
because that's the condition. If I don't see Ghana and Nigeria part of the echo, I don't want the echo. Not at all. Better stay in the France CFA because it will be France CFA in another way, but with less, uh, uh, I mean, less uh, less stronger than, than France CFA. I don't know. I don't want that. But the minute I see Nigeria and Ghana part of ECHO, I will clap my hand and know that this will be the yeah. this will be something. This is kind of reminding me of the Great Green Wall uh, project, which for our listeners, if you haven't heard of this, it's um it's a plan where uh, trees will be planted alongside the, the southern border of the Sahara Desert. Um, for several thousand miles, including in Senegal, um, in order to combat deforestation. Uh, but the the project was really kind of pushed by the international community and funded by the EU, the UN, the World Bank. Um, I'm guessing you have strong feelings about this about this plan. Exactly. That's 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 all all that's all about. So Macron is not babysitting us how to plant a tree. I mean, it makes no sense. Imagine. Tomorrow we wake up and Senegalese president want to have a military camp in Paris. Yeah. Or call, call the main streets in France um, Senegalese name. Or ask, teach French how to plant trees. Makes no sense. Macron is a very arrogant boy. So we don't, we don't want his um, endurance in our, in our policy. No, we don't want that. So this is super insulting to teach us how to plant trees. Instead, knowing that Africa has so many trees, more than any other continent. Maybe after the Amazon, we are the, the, the greenest continent. And then we have also a lot of water. So this is really insulting us. You're talking about the, these kind of changes emerging um, in terms of Pan-Africanism and, and kind of reimagining unity and solidarity. And I'm wondering, you know, do you feel like you said that you were, you're rounding a corner. I'm wondering if you feel that is true just for Senegal specifically with these protests. Does it feel like something has really changed this time? I know you're, you're saying that these are very notable um, days and, and a month out of Senegalese history. Do you feel like Senegal and the kind of politics in Senegal has also turned a corner? Or is that maybe something that we, we've yet to see? Yeah, something is really, really happening. Yeah. I'm super, 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 super... Um super curious about what's going to happen in 10 years. Something is happening now, 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 and now. And the image of the young people I, I have seen in the streets is definitely something giving me a lot of hope for the future. Right. The, the change is coming. Time has changed, but people were staying the same. But now people are following the time, the changes of the time. If you could leave our audience with, uh, with one kind of message or, or final thought, what would that be? Think global, mm. but not globalize problems. It's all about domination of one continent or one area on the rest of the world. And I think we we have to change the way that we are moving forward. We need to protect human beings and protect the world and protect the youth. Make the, let the youth speak out. Mm. Listen what's in the mind of the youth because we need to refresh our, our ideology, our philosophy. We need new icons, new role models. It has to come from the grassroots. And I have a lot of hope and faith in the future of the world. Things, things will change and time yeah. will be better. Thank you so much, Chad. This has been so interesting and your activism is 
really inspiring. Thank you, thank you. Yes, um, thank you for for your appreciation, your comment on what I said. Thanks for listening, everyone. We want to give a huge thank you to Chad for coming on the podcast. Don't forget to follow our Facebook and Instagram accounts and to like our podcast on your favorite streaming platform. We've got a lot more exciting content coming, so make sure to stay tuned. Thank you.